You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Ooh, welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we once again continue on with our exclusive coverage of Third Watch, the greatest television show to have ever been a television show. And we're here for uh, some pretty interesting couple of episodes, at least part one of a two-party. You're going to get both these episodes in one day, as they did air both on the same day, but we, as always, like to separate them just because we can and because we feel the need to. We're here to talk about the fifth episode of the fourth season, Judgment Day, part one. This aired on the 28th of October, 2002. Part one was written by Paul G. Golding, and it was directed, both of these were directed by Brooke Kennedy, uh, and wow, we are here for some interesting TV. I tell you what, get the tissues out, because my goodness me, this is some tough watching. My name is Ben, and do I look good today? Ladies are on to me. Do I look good? <laughs> yeah, my name is Darville, and most unusually, I don't have a quote for this one, but uh, Ben, going off my... You know what? I would say, oh, what the hell? Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, Jesus you do. And take your time. You meant to be nice to me. Come on. <laughs> although, um, don't let Mallory hear the part about ladies being on to you. She might not like that. <laughs> eh, she's at work. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, wow. Like, I tell you what, we've, we've had such a meh start to this season a real meh like each each week we're just this makes up for it though jesus christ yeah this is um this is some powerful episodes and just you know as much as i've said like third watch is kind of in a transitional phase we're going towards sort of the the last few seasons where you know it's not going to be as good as the first few seasons uh this episode and the next episode whether you consider this as one entire episode or as we're doing it separating into two i mean this just really shows how how bloody good this show is or was and um just it just hits you in the feels darwell uh i i cried my eyes out during these two episodes as i always do but um it never gets any better like you just you it always hits you in the feels these episodes and uh yeah, I don't know about you, whether or not you still kind of get a bit, a bit emotional watching these episodes, no matter how many times you've seen them. Well, to tell you the truth, I'm not really much of a crier, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hit me. You know, because, mm. I mean, sometimes I would like to be more of a crier, because there are times where, you know, I, I feel it, I just can't let it out, but that's, a, as you would say, a whole different, ke- a different kettle of fish. Um, but... Where was I even going? I have. I mean, that's no just idea. how emotional you, you, you it just, is. That's you lost the words of the how, emotions. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I was gonna say that's just how emotional it is. I'm speechless. Speechless. Pretty it's just. Much. Yeah. I think the thing that kind of is is amazing about these episodes that, like, you know, we we joke or say whatever we will about like the mehness of the beginning of this season, and I just think it's it's fascinating to kind of go into this and kind of have just such a a powerful two episodes, and then kind of we're into Firestarter and Ladies' Day, which, you know, I'm not saying they're the worst episodes of Third Watch, but it's just kind of like we really hit some high highs this season because, you know, particularly later on in the season when we're going to get to Last Call as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, that we really do hit some highs. And, and I'm going to say it now, very realistically, episodes that could end up in the top ten greatest episodes of Third Watch of all time 
Um, but it's just, it's just fascinating that they can't keep that consistency with it because, you know, we talked about how season three was a lot more consistent and a lot higher up than I definitely remembered it to be. And the fact that season four kind of just takes a big drop and then we're still, still capable of getting these highs, but we just don't keep it consistently, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And you mentioned Firestarter and Ladies Day, um, going back into the meh (laughs) stage and, Oh man, I just cannot wait to pick on you when we get to Snowblind. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I just find it interesting because, you know, we've talked a lot too about how this season is filled with two-parters and, you know, yes, technically, yes. Te- I mean, if you want to be technical, this is kind of considered a one-parter because it was just aired as one episode, but it is classified as yeah. two episodes. So otherwise we would have a 21 episode season. So it's still classified as two episodes. But I mean, I think kind of the difference between this and Crime and Punishment Part 1 and 2 and Collateral Damage Part 1 and Part 2 is like, I mean, they've got their merits, but I mean, you know, that's when we're really getting into cruise territory. And I'm not going to be down on cruise because, you know, you know, I love cruise, mm-hmm. but this, this really is, uh, you know, sort of a wrap up of the, the over arc that we had last year, particularly through superheroes part one and two last season. And it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, really drawing to a close, I guess, our first real ongoing nemesis of Third Watch that we haven't really had until now. And this, of course, is Chevchenko. And I'm just going to say this right now, the best nemesis we get in Third Watch. It's nothing against, you know, Gene Simmons and Wycliffe John when we get to them. And, you know, but like, yeah, Yeah, Chevchenko, the best out of all the ones we get. Yeah, although I did like Gene Simmons as Donald Mann. Mm. Because he, I mean, I I did kind of like him in that role, you know, because... In the same way, it, it, kind of in the same vein, albeit a little, maybe a little flatter. I mean, he what he was another one of those guys who was so scary because he was so calm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like you're like, I want them all dead before they put my Joey in the ground tomorrow. A lot of that, I probably comes down That's... to Gene Simmons' acting ability. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit mean. I think Gene Simmons does a lot better than I think I probably will give him credit for. But no, I I completely agree with you. I think kind of... And even Wycliffe Jean's kind of got a bit of that calmness about him, doesn't he? So... And that's that's exactly what makes them so scary. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's kind of a thing when it comes to these iconic villains. I mean, you know, we're obviously doing Lost and you think of Benjamin Linus, kind of just the, the way he goes about things. And, you know, you think of Gustav Fring in Breaking Bad. You know, it's kind of... You think about these great villains who really do have that air of calmness about them uh which or, kind of makes them so good yep or i mean we could go on and on but you know like have you seen the saw movies uh like the first to- tobin two. tobin tobin bell as jigsaw mm, mm, yeah that's an i mean he's another one that's so scary because he's so he's so he speaks in such a quiet in in such a quiet voice yeah yeah and there's, no, there's definitely merit to it. I mean, that, and that's, voice. that's not to take yeah. away from your outlandish ones, you know, your, your Heath Ledger as a Joker and kind of, you know, things like that, like in your face. Like, there's their merits. But, I mean, I think on the grand scheme of things, you're going to very find it hard to find a Third Watch fan who wouldn't agree that Roy Scheider was kind of the best ongoing villain. Oh, um, oh absolutely. Throughout this. Absolutely. But we'll get to him. Yeah. We'll get to Roy. But, uh, yeah. Definitely hitting you with the feels Roy. these episodes, and we'll get into this. And I, I think a lot of what really just makes these two episodes unique in the in the feel and everything is just this score, this this like music that is throughout these mm. two episodes. We talked about that last season with um, you know, kind of that 
Eastern European vibe that kind of had that theme around Chevchenko. But now you've kind of got this sort of sweeping, sad, sort of tragic music mixed with some sort of Eastern... Excuse me, I'm just burping right now. That's very professional, isn't it? Um, I just had some custard before we started Could recording. Could be worse. People were wanting to know. Um, professional podcast would edit that out, but this is the Oz Network. Um, you've, you've got, you know, this, this music that's kind of just... It just really punches you in the gut straight away. And just kind of even mm-hmm. just this opening montage. And, like, this is... In no way am I complaining about any form of montage here. You know, Sully kind of getting up, looking at this car that just says, I miss you. And you kind of got this interchangeable with Yokus sort of doing the ironing and kind of, you know, obviously some stuff going on with Emily. But just like the jewelry shots, the photo shots, just all about Tatiana and just, oh, just, it just is so sad because you know what's going to happen in these episodes. Um,. And it's kind of like, it's, it's weird, because then we, we cross the Chevchenko and he's with a cop who, I swear to God, this was, um, it looks so much like, uh, Donnie Wahlberg from Blue Bloods. Um, but it's not. <laughs> I was about to say, there's a huge, uh, sort of crossover there that we've never noticed before. Um, some random detective who's bribing, getting bribed to keep out of, um, you know, their business with a videotape. Like, this is, this is your children. We put this on the end of, like, how quickly are they filming and editing in, you know, 2002 here if they just shoved all this footage at the end of a tape? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, showing the power here that Chevchenko's having. And it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I thought oh, yeah. we saw this cop again, but I don't think we do. That's kind of it for him. But, um, you know, nice little Sully and Tatiana moment, you know, saying thanks to my car, it means a lot to me. And they've gone off to get some pancakes, which is nice, you know, a nice little thing, ah, Tatiana. I, I love, love pancakes. pancakes. Good for you, Tatiana. We all do as well. Um, and then it kind of all interchanges between this kid. We see a kid getting off a train and in the middle of Grand Central Station gets and, gunned down, and- bang, 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 and then basically sat on a chair, even with all these kids around him. Uh, and we kind of get a pan-up shot to the U.S. flag because apparently that shows us that, hey, welcome to America. You're going to get shot when you go to Grand Central. Uh, but like, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty powerful start to this episode. Oh, yes. Yep. And of course we find out later who, we find out later who it is or, oh, no way. We, we know, we know right when he gets shot. Pretty sure. Well, I don't think we do because we, we don't see his face. So I kind of think it's like, um, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that the original actor who played um, uh, Sergey that we just they maybe just didn't get him or whatever. Or like, but you, you kind of don't really need to see him because from memory we haven't seen him since. I mean, we saw him briefly last season, didn't we? But like, it's kind of I think mainly in season two, if I'm not mistaken. So. Um, yeah, we saw him when Sully beat him up when he was in the hospital mm, last season. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I kind of think it's one of those effective things where you don't really need to know, um, and it's kind of, it's more of a reveal later on when we kind of get that, so, yeah, yeah you know. Um, meanwhile, Yokus is, um, you know, on the phone, finding out that Fred's coming home, and their little old snot-nosed Emily is just kind of, you know, thumbing about her day, and Yokus has done the good old mum thing and bought her a phone, and... If you want to date this episode of 2002, let's hear about the great features that Emily wants on a phone. Does it text? Does it have wireless WAP? Uh, <laughs> like, wow, wireless WAP! Uh, <laughs> what the hell up. was that, anyway? Do you, do you not remember WAP, Darvell? Uh, I didn't... 
I didn't even have a cell phone back then. Okay, so WAP basically was the first form of the internet on phones. I remember um, getting a, a phone, like it was one of the first ones I ever had in colour, and being able to access WAP, which I think stands for like Wireless Access Protocol or something like that, and only a very select few websites would be WAP-enabled. So, like, you couldn't just go on to, like, a news website. You had to have specific ones. So, I remember, like, going camping somewhere, trying to find out a sports score, and, you know, impossible, because, you know, WAP wasn't enabled in this bush, and basically the website I wanted to go to wasn't compatible. So, um, Uh, yeah, wireless WAP. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it kind of surprised me to hear her say, you know, does it have texting? I thought text messaging well, didn't become a thing until like 0405. I mean, it so was, it was I remember to hear the that. very first phone I got, I think it was like 2003 and it had text messaging, but I remember, yeah, certain phones back then would not have text messaging. Um, so that's why, like, it probably sounds funny for her to say that as well, but yeah, no, it was, it, you're right, it kind of only was a thing around then, but I mean, some phones did have it. Um, but, like, I mean, look, little oh. snot-nosed Emily here, like, I get it, she's a teenage girl, like, she wants this, but, like, your mum's gone out of your way to buy a phone, and again, this is 2002, this isn't, like, 2012, where everybody has a phone, like, people weren't really, you know, every day with a mobile phone, a cell phone, really, till, like, 2004, 2005, like, it was still a bit of yeah, a, that- you know, a luxury to have a phone in 2002, particularly as, like, a 15, 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's also point out, you know, you mentioned that people really didn't start having cell phones. It really didn't become crazy until like oh four oh five. That was also, I think, that coincided with the fact that that was when the camera phones mm, started mm. coming out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I remember when I had a phone in high school. Like, yeah, I would have been grade nine, grade ten, and you know, there was very few. I went to an all boys high school. Very few boys had a phone. So, like, it wasn't even back then, like, a rule. Like, I mean, I could have a phone on me and no teacher would know any different because it's like, oh, you know, who has a phone? Like, um, yeah. but, yeah, like, when I got to, you know, year 11, it was kind of, you know, more people had them and then it was sort of a, a thing, like, as you said, like, getting the camera on the phone. Like, I remember having a camera on my phone in year 11. It was, like, the coolest thing in the world. And you take this grainy little photo and then you could take, like, eight seconds of video. Um, but it was, like, the greatest thing ever. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, and it costs oh, like you know thirty dollars oh to send how, a message to someone. <laughs> I remember, I I remember having on my phone oh. plan, I would get free text messages between twelve o'clock and two o'clock to like from my carrier to the people with the same carrier. So like you know you would just go crazy. I get free text messages, and of course now like all phone plans, you just have free text messages anyway. Um, and then you uh, have, I think, like, after 9 o'clock, you would have the first 15 minutes of a phone call would be free. So, like, you'd always ring your friends for 15 minutes and hang up. they call them up and hang up and call them up and hang up. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, and also here here in the here in the U.S., you know, back then it was a um, certain number of minutes during the during the week and mm-hmm. unlimited nights, nights and weekend minutes. That was the shit. Yeah. And nowadays, they don't even bother with, you know, the everything is unlimited these days. Well, and the thing is, too, it's like you barely even use your cellular network, do you? Because, like, if you call someone, it's generally, like, over Facebook or over, like, WhatsApp or, you know, you're generally messaging people through your internet. So it's all about the data now, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean... Or, yeah, or you, have a, or you have a Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, and you yeah. You can even make regular phone calls on your cell phone without 
using any data. And this is the thing. What, what's it going to be in network? 10 years' time? Are we going to be looking back at this time and going, oh, my God, you only had Wi-Fi? Like, you didn't have the oblixacom dot wop wop in your head that you could just call someone <laughs> on a whim? Like, you know, like, you just... It's it's weird to think, like, in the future, what we're going to be looking back on now, like, going like, oh, my God, like, iPhone ten. Oh, how outdated. You know, <laughs> you know, it's a mix of emotions for me regarding that. On the one hand... I'm kind of looking forward to it, but on the other hand, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> well, it's just because... so funny because like, when people give you those quizzes, like, could you go a day without your, your mobile phone? And I honestly would say, well, yeah, because when I was like 15 or 16, I didn't have one. So I used to live without one. So, you know, it's probably harder to think that, but there was a moment for the majority of my life I didn't have the internet. <laughs> so, like, you know, yep. it's it's kind Same of like here. I've done it before. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, this is um the the reminiscent Oz uh, here on the uh, Oz Network. But yes, not those little ungrateful bitch Emily uh, doesn't want a phone. <laughs> she's got to pick up Charlie from soccer practice. I do like Yoko's here when she's like, "If you need me, call me on your phone." <laughs> I do like the way yeah. she says that. And then Charlie, you know, yay, Dad's coming home. So uh, yeah, that's gonna. That's got to be nice. Um, Sully has showed up early, by the way. Uh, Bosco's complaining that he doesn't want to work the desk because Jokers has taken the day off. And then Sully comes up to Majanski and says, I'm out. I don't want you spying on me anymore. Um, and, yeah, kind of just, you know, setting some things up here with Majanski and, like, mm-hmm. basically, stop doing this. I'm out. That's what I'm doing. Uh, meanwhile, Fred and uh, Faith are packing up. Uh, they've got a lot of stuff there in the hospital and, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, basically we get the doctor saying that your husband's probably felt better than he has in years because of this blockage being cleared up. Meanwhile, back at the precinct, the precinct's getting some renovations. We should really mention this. Um, and, uh, kind of a few little subtle things moving forward here, particularly with Davis, the fact that, uh, we've got Hancock keeps calling Davis, um, and then he's got to call him back. Um, so he's got the message, which, you know, uh, I think it's kind of clever in a way that they do set this up when Sully's kind of going to be out of action, kind of moving forward. Um, but kind of like how they did with, uh, with Bosco last season and, and Faith, you know, fighting, fighting her cancer and think, I, I'm pretty sure they. I'm. I'm pretty sure that that was when Gussler came into the picture, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think kind of really moving forward here, the, the thing kind of with this interchangeableness of kind of this show taking a different turn is the fact that it is very rare now that we will have Davis and Sully and Bosco and Yokus. You know, we we it's it's almost like count them on like two hands of how many times we're going to have them all together in one episode for the remaining half of this season because you know when Cruz sort of comes into it more and, and Bosco's more doing anti-crime then obviously Munro's going to come in at the end of this season uh, Davis is obviously going to be you know kind of siding a little bit more with Hancock for a while so um, yeah it's really a case of it's it's a rarity that we will have our, our original four in their original partnerships and then obviously you know moving yeah. forward with uh, um, with Finney coming in and then, you know, we've obviously got, uh, Yoko's getting a promotion in the future. So, you know, things like this, it's rare. So make the most of it. Cause I do. Every time I rewatch the watch, mm-hmm. I always make the most of it. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of making the most of it, do you realize there's paramedics still in third watch? I do. Cause he's Doc and Carlos. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, do you yep, think do you think are, Kim's going to be in this episode? No, I think she's buggered off back to Florida. No. How's Taylor recovering from getting hit by a car last week? Who knows? Uh, because she's yeah, they didn't. Carlos. They didn't even. They didn't even think to follow up on that. You know, give us some glimpses of her. <laughs> she just like, randomly pops up again a few episodes later. Yep. Uh, yeah, welcome back, Taylor. Yep. yep. Oh, well, how's that injury? Oh, you're fine. Okay, then just don't go climbing on any more cars for the rest of this season. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, don't don't go climbing on a car, especially <laughs> if it is on fire. Oh Lord! But uh, yeah. Anyway, we've got our one paramedic scene this episode. Um, which is kind of funny though. It's kind of a Doc and Carlos like. Basically, we've got this car accident. This guy's faking injuries, and um, Doc's just you know. It's kind of funny to watch. It is kind actually. of funny. And I do like when Bosco shows up and he's like, "Paramedic Street Justice." Who knew? <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's it's it's. Excuse me, God, I keep burping. Jesus Christ, it's an emotional episode, Benny. You're letting out gas. Um, yeah, it's it's a nice little moment, uh, kind of funny, and I, I, that's it for Doc and Carlos this episode. I hope you got your fix. Um, mm-hmm. but meanwhile, Grand Central Station, which for some reason they call Grand Central K. Uh, I don't know why they call it Grand Central K. But no idea. Anyway, so they get the call here, uh, for the person that we saw getting murdered. And this is where we find out that it is Tatiana's son, Sergei. Um, and then Majanski shows up and he's kind of been a bit of a dick. He said he's got to notify next of kin. And of course, I was like, hell no, I'm doing this. A bit this. of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> a, a bit a of a dick. Huge I kind of wish Sully had. I kind of wish Sully had put one in his head right there and sent him straight to hell. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way of looking at it. Meanwhile, Fred's home. Yay! The kids are updating them on his life. There's like Abe's Odyssey on TV. It's a weird thing I noticed in the background. And poor old Yokus is feeling a little bit left out because uh, they're all jumping all over him, being excited, and uh, basically, um, you know, off they go. Emily's friend copied off something and Charlie won games of soccer. Um, am I to be believed here that they didn't go see their dad in hospital? Like, why are they saved all this information? Like, Well, <laughs> I mean, even if they... Uh, well, we're, well, we know they went to visit him in the hospital, at least right after it happened. Yeah. But, you know, even if they did, hey, stuff can still happen between visits. True. That true. they could fill him in on. Good point. Fair enough. Good point. And again, as we've gone over with our phones, we didn't have, like, Facebook and things for them to check up on. So, you know. Remember when yeah. you used to have to tell people things, not just see it on social not media? Just... Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, you know, in some ways, in some ways, I kind of, I love Facebook and all and social media, but, you know, in some ways, I kind of miss those days. Yeah. You I... know, when we actually had to, when we actually had to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, but uh, at the same time, it's the positives. You're always connected a lot closer than other things. So that's oh, yeah. again yeah. the no comparisons Oz coming soon. Um, we get this great scene here, an, an, an underrated scene, and in kind of two episodes where we're really going to be pushing for three potential top five moments. Uh, you know, this isn't going to be one of them, but, you know, on a, in any other season that we were struggling for some moments, this could be up there. Sally coming home to tell Tatiana about the death of Sergei, and just, just the reactions here from Savannah Hask, so good, like, just the way she's like, don't say that, don't say that, um, and just, you know, the, her reactions are just incredible, just great acting here from Savannah, and, uh, yeah, just, god damn it, fuck you, Chevchenko. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, I don't want anything yeah. else to happen. <laughs> um, we do have that little scene in the middle there, as I said, Bosco, you know, talking about street justice, and he kind of... <laughs> it's kind of just a randomly... Like, I don't understand why it's in this episode, kind of like... They just had to give Bosco something to do, and I guess we needed a slight bit of humour in kind of some very deep episodes, but just random women checking Bosco out as he gets out of... The- out of the car. This is why he says to Carl, I was like, do I look good today? Ladies checking me out. And then kind of like later on when we kind of have this woman, it's kind of something randomly funny, which I kind of, I like what they do. Um, and it's really nothing new for Bosco either. No. Of course, we know that. No, exactly. Uh, we get sort of Tatiana still questioning a little bit more about what was happening and then kind of Sully comes forward and says like, hey, this is what happened and gets her to come down to the precinct, which we'll get to um, very, very shortly. Um, uh, nice little scene here between Fred and Yokus of them, like, laying down together and kind of just, uh, you know, Fred saying, like, you know, I, I miss your smell and just kind of this nice little moment where they tell each other that, um, they love each other. Again, just a nice little subtle... I like the balancing that they do in this episode, which, I mean, th- these episodes are all about Sully and Tatiana and kind of closing the door with Chevchenko, but... I think it's kind of well-balanced, even though we get annoying shit-face Emily in our face. It's done in a way that kind of... It's it's opening the door up for some pretty shit stuff to come. <coughs> Snowblind, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, okay, I don't know. Ben, it's well-balanced. you hate that episode, but don't throw up. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, we're still a while yet. We're still going to get through Firestarter and Ladies Day yet. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you think so, but I, I, I just think they're kind of nice little sweet moments between Fred and Yokus. Yeah, and we and we need those. Otherwise, this episode, otherwise these two episodes, we need those light-hearted, sweet, and yeah, funny moments because it, well, I mean, without them, <laughs> these two episodes would be. I mean, they're already hard to watch, but they would be absolutely depressing without yeah. that. Yeah, and I kind of think in in a couple episodes which are really kind of dominated by Skip Sutter's acting, you know, Savannah Hask's acting, Roy Scheider's acting, you know, it's still obviously our our star here as we're selling her as Molly Price's acting still kind of, you know, is is front and centre as, you know, really really doing well. Uh, Meanwhile, we uh, have this little scene here which is kind of going to set a few little uh, cogs turning here as uh, Majanski and questions Tatiana about a few things and um, basically this is where Tatiana learns that she's being followed uh, we learn also that Majanski lied to Sully about her being with Jevchenko a month ago uh, meanwhile Hancock shows up for Davis <laughs> like everything's going on here at the 55th precinct um, <laughs> so just kind of just intertwined here we find out that Hancock is uh, forcing Davis to be his driver we kind of obviously learn you know I, I, I do like just kind of the follow up here on his girlfriend and the fact that you know I was knocked unconscious I don't even know what happened to her so, you know she won't even tell me so don't blame me um, so basically Davis has got a job promotion that he doesn't want and Tatiana's found out that she was being spied on, slaps Sully, um, and just basically uh, leave me alone. Tears ass out. The last time they'll ever talk to each other. <laughs> All right, don't don't get started. Meanwhile, Sully um, takes his frustration out on Majanski and just like just bashes the crap out of him, basically. Um, and then not that he didn't yeah. deserve it. No, I mean, God, this is just powerful the guy stuff. Was a and like. Dick. I think kind of when you watch this for the first time, you know, like 
you kind of feel something's going to happen in this episode. You just kind of feel... Oh, yeah. It's going towards a crescendo with Tatiana. You, you kind of... You're not that positive that she's going to come out alive. And, spoiler alert, she's not. Um, but, like, when you know this is, like, the last time they're going to talk to each other, I mean... I think, I feel like I need to say this because I feel like in a few weeks' time when I'm complaining about a TV trope cliche of, oh, a teenage girl takes drugs and she's in peril, uh, or when I usually complain in some of my other episodes of, like, Nip, Tuck and Lost, oh, they've got amnesia, how lazy. I guess kind of you could argue, well, oh, this is a bit of a cliche, couple has a fight before one of them dies and never gets to, you know, speak And they never get to make up. Yeah. I think the difference, though, is that, if, if handled correctly, amnesia could probably work. And I have seen some shows where teenage daughter takes drugs or teenage son takes drugs is done well. So I think the difference is, is that when we get to Snowblind, it's not done well. With amnesia, I've never seen an amnesia storyline done well. It's just lazy. So therefore, yeah, not e- this not is even a case of... season of 24? Uh, did you say the first season of 24? Because if you're trying to say yeah, that's done well, then you're drunk and stoned at the same time, Darvell. Um. Well, for all you know, I could be insanely drunk. You just never know, Ben. I mean, I was I was up all night drinking... Uh. And he's gone. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, yet, I'm yet to... Like, this... I have seen uh, TV shows where... It is done in a bad way with the, you know, couple says something bad, one of them dies, never gets to make up cliche. I think the difference is this is done well. So that's where I can defend this and cliches can be done well. What about this is, what about the way that that it's done here uh, versus other shows? I mean, how how do some other things, you know, how does it pale? How do they pale in comparison to this? Uh, well, because I'm trying it's to think of an thing. example. Um, I mean, the only... I can't even think of an example. I mean, the only one that I'm thinking of is, one, is a bad example to use because it was from an Australian TV show. Um, well, still. Uh, do tell. show called Pack to the Rafters. It was... Um, oh, God, it's been so long since I've seen it. It was Hugh Sheridan's character, and she died in a car accident. I think they had a fight before it happened, and then she, like, rang up to apologise, and as she was on the phone, she got, like, wiped out by another car. I think that's how it happened. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But, I mean, th- the problem with that was, was that, you know, that was a very big show here, and it was kind of teased, like, oh, someone's going to die this week. And it was just kind of... It was done in such an over-the-top obvious way that you knew who was going to die. Um, so that's where that kind of was done badly. I think kind of going back to what I said here, you, you feel as though something's not going to turn out right in this episode. But it's just, I don't know, we'll get to Tatiana's death shortly, but I just think it's just, it's done in a in a way that it, it works. It, it works. <laughs> I don't know how else I'm describing this, but it works. 24, from memory, um, doesn't, like, I mean, Jack, when he loses Terry, obviously, spoiler alert if you haven't seen 24, but then when he loses, um, what's her name in season seven, season eight? Um, Renee. Renee, who I'm not a fan of Renee. Never liked Renee. Wasn't a thing for Renee. But, like, that was kind of set him on a, a path of revenge where he sort of turned evil for an episode. Um, and then when Audrey, they killed Audrey off, fuckheads. Uh, oh but by that point, though, let's they be fair. By that, that point. point, by that point, I mean, we, cut, we knew it was going to happen because... 
and I say this all the time because, I mean, I know we're both fans of 24 and perhaps we'll podcast about that in the future. Well, but um, 24 by the by its last few seasons got way too predictable. And too repetitive, yeah. Yeah, which is, like I said, you know, by that point with Renee, with Audrey when she came back, you knew they weren't going to last. Yeah, and 24 set the bar for uh, event uh, for television of, you know, what everyone's used to now with Game of Thrones and these sort of shows where you don't know which major character is going to survive week to week. You know, 24 did that. Um, so, you know, Terry's death at the end of season one, again, spoiler alert if you've not seen 24, um, remember to watch along with us when we eventually podcast because we just spoiled it for it. But, I mean, that was one of the biggest shocks in television history. You know, like, you just you weren't expecting oh, yeah. that to happen. So... Um, Some say that that's the moment that defines Jack. Well, I think it's a very true fact, because let's be honest, how would 24 have worked had Terry still been alive? We've, we went over in the last few weeks about how Kim got on the nose, didn't we? You know, I think kind of... I, I can't see 24 working in any other way without killing Terry off. So... Um, really? I just think, well, you, you summed it up perfectly when you just said it defines Jack, you know? Think about the very first episode of season two. Think about the, we're going to need a hacksaw line. Like, is he going to do that if he's still married to Terry? I don't think so. So. <laughs> I don't know. He did threaten to shove a towel down someone's throat and and uh, let his stomach start to digest it before he pulled yeah, it back up, taking kind the guy's there's, stomach there's a, line with it. There, there's, a, there's a difference That's between a threat and you know Jack's going to do it. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel that the death of Terry really pushed him over an edge and i think kind of you know the the guy literally murdered a guy and chopping a head off (laughs) anyway we could be here all day talking about this that's 24 we'll we'll get to that eventually but my my point with this whole overwhelming conversation is that this is a cliche done right i think television and movies can do tried and tested cliches if they work right and this is one of them the last moment sully and tatiana talk to each other and kind of he has to live with that regret for the rest of his life and i think kind of what sully's path is for this season is defined by kind of this moment right there so oh my god that yeah and that that path very emotionally long path but um, very, very, very raw and Skip Suddeth nails it too. Oh, absolutely! But we've got a we've got a bit of a lightheartedness here with Bosco showing up to a robbery. No, wait, it's a burglary. Burglary. <laughs> it's got to be correct. And we kind of get this weird, like flirting with this woman. Um, but I, I do like, you know, just kind of the way Bosco's staring at her, like all creepily, like. But I do like that, like you know, when he gets his gun out, ready to go inside, and she's like, "You're going in alone." It's like that's all I've got right now, ma'am. Just like the way he says it before he goes in. <laughs> like, like, uh, are you gonna be? Are you gonna back me up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just so yeah. funny. Um, meanwhile, Emily's having a shitty over here about cooking a chicken or something like that, and, uh, Yokus is going to help out Emily with geometry, and she's being a little snot-nosed bitch, we'll get to her. Um, we have, ah, um, geometry. we have... Did you ever Jansky. take geometry? Did I do geometry? I don't even, no, I don't think I did. I can't remember ever doing geometry, so, eh, I, I don't know, probably. Yeah. I just blacked it out of my memory because it was math-related. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so Majanski kind of gets kicked out of the 5-5 here. They uh, obviously just uh, the repercussions of their little fight they have. Meanwhile, um, Chevchenko pulls up outside of it, and who's waiting for him? Tatiana. Um, and, you know, comes inside there. She's screaming at him, you know, why, why you do that? And, um, she's going to be, uh, taken into this club. We'll get back to her soon, unfortunately. Um, uh, Bosco's waiting around with this woman, um, and basically picks up a phone number here. I mean, it's, it's just a random fun little scene. Again, I wish we had to see this woman again. Like, when does Bosco really ever get lucky moving forward? I mean, Cruz has got to come. Yes, I know that. But, um, you know, Bosco... Yeah, can we really call that lucky? <sighs> well, it's pretty good-looking sex. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we're going to get to this scene now. And I'm just going to say this right now. This has got to be in the conversation for a top five. I, I do somehow feel, though, that um, two other scenes might... like. I think the difficult thing when we get to our top five of this season is that I can guarantee you one moment will be in there from the finale. Like, hands down, guaranteed. We both know what that moment will be. Potentially two from the finale, but I'm going to say that there's just one moment that kind of overarches the cliffhanger ending. Although, who knows? But, like, I I definitely feel as though there are three strong cases for three scenes in these two episodes that I almost think have to be in there. One scene next episode will be in there. Otherwise, I quit this show and I'm going to recover and go fucking watch Grey's Anatomy because I'm done with life. Um, if you debate it with me, Darvell. I'm telling you now, mate. Uh, like, okay. So noted. Just, just so noted. Um... We have Tatiana with Chevchenko and just kind of questioning him. You know, you said he could come home. And then just this Chevchenko method of just being, like, cold and callous and just, you know, if I can help with arrangements, I will. Least I can do for a friend. And just, just the way he just, Least you know, I just, can do for a friend. Oh, it's just like, fuck you, mate. And then, of course, what's going to happen here? Tatiana... You want to help with the arrangements? Grabs a fork... Stabs him in the shoulder, to which uh, all of a sudden the one of Chevchenko's goons sort of goes to shoot her, and he just stops her. He stops. He's like, "Oh, thank God, Tatiana's safe." But nope, he grabs a gun and kills Tatiana. That's that. <laughs> why did she? Why did she stab him in the shoulder? I mean, oh. go for his fucking throat, Tatiana. <laughs> oh, just just. It's. I mean, again, like, going back, you kind of just felt this was going to happen, but... Oh, and the thing that really hits you in the feels is that, like, this could be it. This could be it. Like, bang, she's dead. Just shove her in the street, or I don't know. But, like, the, the fact that they even make this worse from this moment on to really affect your emotions, it's like... Oh, and it's just... The thing that just really, like, we said from the very moment we met this this fantastic character back in season two that just, like, it's not going to end well. And it's just so hard to kind of watch Tatiana and Sully just because they're just so great. And, again, I've, yeah. I've said that I sort of relate to Sully and just kind of his feelings of life and just relationships. It's kind of, I've always had that connection with him. And for this to happen, it's just like, oh... Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Tatiana, what do you want to say here? Well, I was actually going to ask you a question regarding you saying that that you relate to this regarding 
that you relate to Sully so well in this way, but it, I'm worried it might be too personal. No, well, you can, you can ask me what you want to, Darville. I don't have to answer it. Uh. Do you ever, well, that's true. (laughs) Do you ever, do you ever worry, do you ever worry about Mallory in that regard? That she's going to get shot by Russian gangsters um, every fucking well, day. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily <laughs> that. But have you been to Brisbane? The whole city's rolled by Russian gangsters. <laughs> no, I can't say I have. <laughs> uh, what am I worried that she's what? What am I worried about? In what context? That she's going to get murdered, or 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 that some or that or that something. Or that, or that some, something could something could happen, and then you'd end up by yourself again, as Sully does. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, it's yes. I mean, but I mean that's just life. I think we all have fears about anything sort of happening if we mm-hmm. delve into our psyches. But I think the, the connection with Sully is that I feel as though him and I have very similar feelings about ourselves and how people look at us and how our relationship, like I, I, people say I'm a negative thinker, but I like to think it more of a realistic thinker and people dispute that. But I think kind of just whether or not I'm in a relationship now or not in a relationship. And I mean, I've watched this show in relationship with Mallory, in relationship with other people, not in relationships, and I always still feel the same connection here to Sully. So I think it's kind of a case of not necessarily in a relationship at the time, but it's just that personal connection. And I think we all have that with certain characters on movies and TV shows. So, Mm -hmm. um, And I think maybe that's why I get so emotionally invested in these two episodes and why these episodes are always guaranteed to make me cry. And, like, I'm going back to your point, like, I, I'm not necessarily the biggest crier. Um, but, I mean, there are definitely episodes and movies and things like that that will always give me the tears. And if people ask me a question, like, what's one movie or TV show that always make you cry, I will always point to these episodes. Um, yeah. Hands down. Like, these are the episodes that will, I 100% every time, I will cry. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Tatiana getting shot here. It's, it's pretty full on. Um, and I mean, I guess kind of eulogizing Tatiana briefly here, um, you know, I mean, I think we've kind of summed her up a lot. I mean, she, I, I liked this arc that we had with her kind of just, she started off obviously just as a neighbor, kind of a nice little love interest to Sully, but then as more unraveled with her character, I feel as though it was believable. And I know we've touched on this in the past that it's, it's kind of not one of these like, Oh, randomly, this is what... It's not like all of a sudden we're waking up today to find out that Bosco was secretly part of, you know, Al-Qaeda or something like that. Like, you're like, what? Where did that come from? Like, this feels genuine because you never really truly get to know Tatiana. And that's kind of... You're seeing this through Sally's eyes. And that's where I think it is effective because as each layer unravels with her and her connections with Chevchenko, when Chevchenko comes into it, it is done very well. Yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, and it doesn't all get thrown at you at once. Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of third watch now to what we're going to get moving forward. You know what I mean? Like where everything comes at you all at once. There's really yeah. no time to digest it all. 
there's like, I mean, there's little subtle things moving forward with characters that I feel kind of just like, it's like, it's like how we've recently talked about the whole Yoka's dynamic of, oh, she's never there because she's always at work. Like, we're kind of getting Which sick of that now. We're kind of getting sick of that now. Whereas, yeah. like, this was done in a way that it kind of builds up to it. You think about, like, Davis's, Davis and his dad, right? We've kind of covered that a lot. It's kind of gone to bed and will come back again in season six in a way that's done well and that you're like, hey, I'm glad we revisited that. It, for the most part, makes sense. Give or take and, a few continuity errors. But, like, yeah, it's... And, and, with, and with Doc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And I think the Doc is such a slow burn that when you watch it for the first time, if you're anything like me, I hated it. But when you go back and rewatch it and appreciate it and f- see the subtleties of the slow burn that is Doc's character, it completely makes sense. Um, and then, like, with Carlos, like, from where we go to how we end up, again, it's a slow burn that makes sense. Jimmy and Kim, slow burn that makes sense. There are things when it comes to Cruz and Monroe and... Finny and well Grace doesn't really have a storyline but like they're just kind of shoved in your face like it's kind of like okay it's come forward very quickly uh Grace has yeah. like one episode with a mum there yeah we'll get to it um but like it's <laughs> Academy Award winner Helen Mirren ladies and gentlemen it's a good episode kind of she's homeless and lives with rats and shit good for her um but <laughs> I'm sorry Grace meh um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. My point is, this is done well. <laughs> Rip Tatiana. <laughs> oh, my Lord. How did we, like, the last two weeks were, like, 30 minutes long each week. We're at 45 minutes and we haven't even fucking gotten to the end of the episode yet here, Darville. Um, <laughs> stop laughing. Tatiana just died. It's serious. Meanwhile, Sally's washing his face because he has a dirty face um <laughs> i i i don't know why i just said it's just the editing there kind of just the way you see like tatiana like fall to the ground and then just cuts to sully with the face uh meanwhile um you know we've just had this emotional potentially top five moment of third watch uh you know tatiana dying so why not make this you know even more emotional by having snot-nosed bitch face emily complain about her torrid life um <laughs> like, you know, I had to, I had to mute, I had to mute it during that scene because, oh wait, no, this isn't the, no, we haven't gotten to the part yet where they, where they have a full out. This argument. is no, no, no. This is, this is the fight. This is the where you probably would have muted it fight. So, oh yeah, yeah, I did because I just, I just could not stand to hear her moan, whine, and bitch about it. You know, because it was like, you know, because, I mean, your your mother is bending over backwards for you, and you are. As Faith puts it, a spoiled little girl. Well, like, again, I'm going to say this every single time. Preface this by saying, nothing against Bonnie Dennison. You're a good actor. But you're an annoying oh, yeah. little shit in this scene. <laughs> like, just the way, um, you know, because, like, you, you kind of look at this as a way, like, Yokus is kind of just calmly doing this. Like, you know, she's trying to help out. And she's basically just like, hey, yeah, just ask your teachers. And then just, like, screaming here, you know, you've been the one wanting to pick a fight and um just i like there's no way in hell unless you are maybe a 14 year old girl watching this um that you are not on yoka's side here because like she's basically hey, saying 
you know, like, you don't know anything about me. And then, you know, just the way she's like, that phone is not even bottom of the line. Um, it's like, I'm a maid here. Like, holy crap, shut up. I mean, um, if I... I'll say if I talk to if I talk to my mom the way the way Emily spoke to hers in this scene, my mom would have put me over my mom would have put me over her knee and beat my ass until it was red. Well, there you go. What was it like putting the foot up the ass or whatever it was the other week? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but um, we kind of get a shot of Fred kind of laying on his bed listening to this fight. So you know, yeah, it's uh, something there that's going to come for there but um we meanwhile um i do i i sort of like the subtlety of how this ends when you've got sully and davis kind of like you know walking out of this police house and just the way you, they kind of somehow connect bosco in here like about like you know oh the ladies are hitting on me all day oh what are you jealous just kind of like shoving in the background quickly before <laughs> as they go out there but holy crap if you thought this episode was going to get emotional um so we have Sully leaving the firehouse, um, kind of as he walks to his car, we, you know, just get a little subtle moment of the, the fire truck leaving the precinct. Remember Jimmy, everyone, Jimmy, the firefighter? Um, yep, I there. remember. Just, just gives a bit of a, you know, subtle little nod to Sully as he drives off. And then, um, we get Sully driving home. We've got this music playing around again and, uh, comes around the corner, sees his house on fire and, you know, all the fire crew's going on there and then he kind of turns around and he sees his body laying on the ground this burnt body and then he realizes that it is tatiana it's my it's my my apartment but then just just the music here just the the music and that shot like it's just oh my lord again nominating this for top five it's this scene tatiana's death and one in the next episode which will make the top five but like just the the way this is shot it's just crafted so well with that music it's edited and just the shock with it all and like going back to my point before when Tatiana's shot like that's so easily ended right there like just have him find the body whatever but like they've gone and dumped her body back in his house and burnt the freaking house down like the stones on Chevchenko to do this um you know I was actually kind of <sighs> you know watching it watching it again it kind of made me wonder you know Chevchenko, he's the kind of person who really wants, to, who really likes to make his victim. I think he likes to make his victims suffer as well as those close to him. So, you know, I actually wondered, and maybe this is simply because it would be too graphic for TV, even Third Watch, which we know can be pretty graphic at times. Um, I kind of thought to myself, why didn't why didn't he why didn't they take her back? to the apartment and burn her alive. Well, I mean, I guess kind of in the moment, I don't know if he intended to kill her when she showed up. I think I based the fact that he killed her purely on the stabbing. And, like, yeah, the argument would be, well, I mean, Sergei's expendable, so why wouldn't Tatiana be? But, yeah, I see your point, but I kind of think just in the heat of the moment, she he just fired a couple of rounds into her, so it's just kind of, you know... It's it's a message sent there, so um, it's just brutally powerful. It's just like, and this is oh, yes. again another one of these moments where you just got to question, like, how does this show not get more recognition? You know, um, it's just it's just done so just intensely emotional. Just just the, there's that, just that scene that that scene from Skip Sutters where he just he looks he looks and he puts he cups his hand over his mouth. It's just that look on his face. 
it's just it's so gut-wrenchingly heartbreaking at that scene whether you connect to him more like I do or whether you're not you're just watching this but like you know, we say that Yokus is the star of the show, Molly Price the star, but Sully Skip Artist is always the heart of the show. He is oh, yeah. the voice of this show. So like the fact that he has this moment, like it's just you're not gonna have the same effect in this moment as if it was Bosco or Davis or even Yokus. Like no one else in this show would have the same moment emotionally as Sully in this moment. No, and that's really because, you know, as we know, I mean, that's the only real, that's the only real love that Sully has ever had, the only partner he's ever had. Yeah. And I think that's why it's especially hard for him because, I mean, he says in the next episode, or was it later this episode, that, you know, he never thought he would ever have that. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And you, you think about kind of, up until this moment, the only real sort of death we've had I mean, that was Bobby, and yes. kind of handled completely differently, where we sort of had that, you know, harrowingly silent end to the episode, but then it was kind of backed up by another sort of episode with Bobby kind of passing over into the afterlife. You know, it was, it was handled differently, and we kind of had the, the, the sheep Kim moment of, ah, he's gone! Um, you know, <laughs> to take away from a very powerful moment of third watch there. But, like, you think about other deaths moving forward here, and there's only really two um, that... Two that are really significant, you mean? Well, major characters. There's only going to be... I mean, Tatiana was... And this is the thing. Tatiana's not even a major character. She's never officially major credited as a character. Spoiler alert here. We will have, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, Darvell, only two major characters that will be killed off moving forward. One is in the season, the finale of the entire show, and one will be this season. So... You know, every other person who leaves from this point doesn't get killed off. So, I think kind of... And again, that's spoiler, whatever you want to say. It's not really spoiler. But I think if you... Well, we do have a minor character that is killed off at the beginning of the fifth season. True, true, true. But I I think kind of... We'll lump, lump them into this too. So, you have five major deaths on this show. And I would say that this maybe is the most emotionally effective one. Because, I mean, yeah. this goes back to my argument with Bobby. We didn't have a funeral for Bobby. Uh, we'll have a funeral for the one who gets killed at the end of this season, and then we can't really have a funeral for the one who dies in the finale in season six because they get killed in the it's finale. the finale. That's the end of the show. So, um, yeah, but you know what there I mean? I would argue this has the most emotional impact season. of any of the major deaths. Yeah. So, definitely. I and I just and, and again that all connected down to the fact this happens to Sully, the heart, the voice of this show, and you just you just don't have this with any other character. Just no nobody else you have the same. And again, I would love for Barb when you're listening, anybody else who's listening to our show, I would love to hear suggestions or maybe your thoughts on this because I I think that this is just you know maybe the emotional peak of Third Watch. And yeah. it's just, yeah. And it's going to even hit even harder to home next episode. Meanwhile, just before we end this episode, we've obviously got a bit of a scene here with Yokus and Fred. Um, Fred's kind of, you know, talking about reading the Bible here and saying how it's all relevant. And, you know, Yokus saying she'll read it. And then, 
you know, a nice little scene here, the way Fred kind of, you know, says, like, she's not really mad at you, and then she's like, I can handle her and everything. It's kind of, it's actually a nice little scene kind of mixing yeah. all this other emotion. And then, you know, we have Davis showing up, hand on the shoulder, has some umbrella there, and um, just, oh, just, it, it still just hits Pour, so hard home pouring here. Down, but, pouring down rain. Yeah, just just the way, like, Sully yeah. says, like, you know, I came around the corner thought she'd started it, and then she's dead, and I still don't trust her. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, just a very emotionally... And again, like, this... We're, obviously, if you're listening to this episode, the other episode's up today, so, you know, we're, we're kind of going to separate these, but just the way this episode ends, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Tight. Sad. Everything. Uh, very. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so there's definitely two moments in here which are easily on the conversation for the top five. I uh, would argue that the more powerful one will be in the next episode, which it will be in the final five. Probably be the number one moment of this season. Might even make the top five moments of the entire third watch. I'm just putting it out there. But, um, Darvell, I don't even think I need to bother saying what we're both... We're clearly both buying this episode. Please tell me you're buying this episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I... (laughs) Yeah. Definitely buying, which is a big relief because you know the last two were rents for both of us. I think it was you, you definitely. I mean, you you broke your little uh, your ongoing streak. Um, and I would just say right now that uh, I, on our overall rankings of episodes, if this list would like to work for me, uh, while I press a button here, that I have Judgment Day Part One sitting as the right now the fifth best episode of Third Watch. Um, out of 71 episodes. So there you go. Uh, and Judgment Day Part 2 will be higher. So just putting it out there right now. So <laughs> slight spoiler alert for the episode you're about to hear. Uh, but I mean, look, there's not really a whole lot to really go on here for Judgment Day Part 2. As I said, if you're listening to this today and the day it's been released, it is being released on the same day. So you can go ahead and download that straight away. But, um, look, the scene that I'm talking about is basically the closing section of it. It, is to me, you know, arguably the most emotional moment in the entire six seasons of Third Watch. Uh, it will be in our final five at the end of this season. It probably will be the number one moment of this season, and it will probably be in the top five of all six seasons. I'm just saying it right now. Um, is this the one that you said there'd be no, there'd be no, there'd be no debating otherwise? Yeah, you no debate. It's in there. Your I'm telling you now. It's, it's in there, Darville. It's in there. All right, you listen to me, mate. It's fucking in there. All right. Uh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay, I was just curious, man. Um, But, I mean, anything to add on part two before we close this episode out? No. Yeah, I think it's it's one of these things that we'll get to, and um, it's 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 a great episode. It's a it's a great episode. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the usual ones out there. We'll probably do a little more of that uh, on to the end of part two as we uh, continue this emotional journey that is Judgment Day part one part two this has been part one part two is to follow my name is Ben and you're so beautiful when you sleep well, what the fuck are you doing watching me sleep <laughs> my, my name's Darvell and actually we will see you back here in later on with Judgment Day part two so be looking forward to that Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.